Here's a commercial message from me. If you're looking to grow your business in 2021, then why not take either some sponsorship or some advertising with the Supersonic Marketing Podcast? You're listening and your customers might be listening too. All you need to do to become a sponsor or an advertiser with the podcast is send me an email to mark at supersonic.marketing. That's mark at supersonic.marketing and I will send you a rate card and a presentation that will absolutely convince you that it is the right thing to do to grow your business and help your brand boom. Hi and welcome to the Mark McSee Supersonic Food Marketing Podcast. Every week, we will talk to the great, the good, and the legendary from the worlds of food, drink, marketing, and business to help give you the advice that will really help your brand boom. A huge thanks to our headline sponsors, the award-winning Engage Interactive. Engage Interactive have been helping hospitality businesses like yours prepare for a mobile and digital-first world since 2007. From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. So today we catch up with Instagram and TikTok influencer Fitwaffle, otherwise known as Eloise Head. Eloise and Fitwaffle have half a million followers strong on TikTok and on Instagram and over 12 million likes on TikTok, which is no mean feat. A returning guest on the show, it was an even more in-depth and even more interesting chat today all around how we can get the most from your relationships with influencers when they come into contact with your business and they're promoting your business to your customers. Forget what you think you know, here is the facts from the source from someone who is super successful on the influencing scene and will really help your brand boom. Eloise, welcome. How are you doing? Hi. Hi, Mark. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm doing well, thank you. Good, good, good. Well, just before we started chatting, we started talking about COVID and the effects it had on you and your business. So it'd be really good to start there, not to get too maudlin or uh, down in the dumps or anything like that. Yeah. But it'd be really good to just chat about what effects you saw from March onwards and what happened in the social media landscape for you. I mean. As one part of my my business, <laughs> my business, I run Instagram accounts for restaurants. Obviously, restaurants were instructed to close, so I thought for me that people would be cutting all their costs and they would no longer need a social media manager. Um, so I thought all my clients were going to go out the window until this whole thing was over, but. That didn't actually happen because, I mean, a couple of them went on pause because they didn't do delivery. But the ones that continued to deliver, luckily for us, decided that they needed a social media manager still. So I was still running Instagram accounts um, and that was good because it it meant that I didn't go from having income to not having any income, but it did mean that obviously I wasn't going out to London two or three times a week to visit restaurants or to collect content. So I found myself with a lot more time at home. So I ended up starting this page called Fit Waffle Kitchen. So that is basically a baking page where it's really quick and easy at home baking. And due to the current climate and obviously everyone else being at home, it just took off. 
Like it was incredible for me because, you know, it was starting a new side of this business. It was keeping me busy and it was keeping everyone else busy. So I saw some really, really good feedback from that. And since the start of lockdown around like the 1st of April kind of time until now, it's at like over 160,000 followers. So it's, it's been incredible growth, yeah. Yeah, and that's on Instagram. Have you been doing similar on TikTok? Yeah, very similar on TikTok. So we ended up posting recipe videos created for Instagram, but also easily transferred onto TikTok. Just put a little bit of music in the background. Everything was filmed in like a portrait view anyway. We ended up putting the same videos onto TikTok and we saw great growth from that as well. So some of them ended up going really viral. We ended up getting like millions of views from it. And I also found that a lot of the TikTok viewers so an, a new audience were actually finding us on TikTok and coming over to Instagram from there. So we got a real good like crossover from TikTok to Instagram. Brilliant. I think that's a really good thing to think about, which is that ecosystem of how everything sort of... Oh, yeah, definitely. Up, rather than just being on one channel. And also it shows that TikTok's not just for dancing. Yeah, no, not at all. I don't do any dancing on there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's move on then. So if we go back a little bit, how did Fit Waffle come about? You know, how, how did it all start? Yeah, so I mean, Fit Waffle, hence the name, actually started as like a fitness and food page. So I was a personal trainer. That was my full time job. And I also had a great passion for food, as most people do. <laughs> So I ended up creating this Instagram page to showcase some really good food that we were trying in London um, and a few fitness posts sort of every now and then. But it was quite clear that the food posts were the ones that people wanted to see. It's where we got the most engagement from and the most questions. So it ended up going from this fitness page, this fitness and food page to purely a food page. So and it just stemmed from there really it's gone from just pictures of mostly burgers and fried chicken and stuff like that to a lot more video content now um, a lot more baking a lot more desserts um, still obviously like the good burgers and barbecue and all that good stuff but yeah it's it's developed over time sort of trying to keep up with the algorithms and everything like that and you've got quite a distinct style mm-hmm. of the way that you shoot so to me, I mean, even I think before I knew you, I recognised that it was a fit waffle post. That's good. <laughs> so, you know, how did that styling come about? And, you know, and how did you sort of hook on to that? Um, I guess it was just looking at Instagram and seeing what I liked. So obviously you don't just start off with a style unless you've already been into taking pictures in the past, which I wasn't. This was all completely new to me. I looked at pictures that I saw online that I really liked that I thought, oh, I really like what they've done with that shot. And I just tried to replicate it in my own way with like different foods. So, you know, I'd see a burger picture that I really liked and I'd go, okay, so I, I think this is what they've done with it. 
um, I saw that actually a lot of the photos that I was drawn to looked like they were taken on a phone rather than a camera because they were highly detailed. They were up close. There wasn't much like blurred background or anything like that. And that was the photos that I was the most drawn to and the colorings and everything. So I ended up taking pretty much all my photos with an iPhone, really sort of up close in your face. Um, I like the orange tones and it's it basically developed from there. Looking at a picture and going oh okay like that that looks good but I'm gonna tweak this bit a little bit and just developing my own style from supersonic Inc this is the Mark McSee supersonic marketing podcast hey it's Lucy here from toggle the newest member of the team this time of year is all about gifting and after a challenging year, Toggle wants to support the gift of hospitality. There are all sorts of opportunities available on the platform from your standard digital and physical gift cards to Gusto Italian's Taste of Italy experience or Revolution's Christmas gift set or even the brilliant pay it forward feature. And it can be made so much easier this year with the first £1,000 of sales completely on us. Just visit usetoggle.com and learn more. And when, when you're taking the photos do you food style them as well I mean do you like pimp them up and yeah <laughs> yeah I do so some people some brands I should say are really really good at bringing it to you exactly what it should look like in the picture but there's often times where I'm pulling onion out of a burger or I'm pushing the bun back a little bit so you can get like a real good shot of all the layers because if the bun is too far forwards then you can't see anything and you know sometimes something just needs moving on the plate like the chips might need moving forwards or something like that Um, but yes sometimes someone brings you out a tray that's perfectly done and you go great well that's half my job done I don't need to style this at all (laughs) but are there did the brand police come out I mean do some people say I don't want it shot like that that's not what the customer gets you know what happens there um generally I'll hear it from the other way around so people might comment and say my burger never looks like this yeah and I almost want to reply and say, well, neither did mine at first (laughs) because, you know, they bring it out and I do sort it out. So it's not that your burger didn't look like that. It could look like this, but you haven't played with it like I've played with it. Um, Also, a lot of it is to do with angles. So even a single cheeseburger, if you shoot it from a low angle facing upwards, then it's going to look a lot bigger than it actually is. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's quite, it's really distinctive in, in the way that you do that. So thinking about brands investing in influencer marketing, Mm -hmm. why should they do that? And also, what can you do that they can't? So I would say generally, if you were going to use an influencer, it will be because you want to reach a specific audience that you're not already reaching, especially if you're looking at an influencer with a fair amount of followers, then you want to know who your audience is and then reach out to those people so they can hit that audience. So For example, if you wanted to push out a special burger that you might have, then if you were to come to the Fit Waffle page, then I am known for advertising great looking burgers. So it would be the perfect place to reach an audience which you might not have done beforehand. Yeah. And also thinking about the marketing teams that are there, in terms of the content you're providing for them, 
Can they use that then ongoing? Is that a one-time thing? You know, what happens with all that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, generally, especially if we're doing like paid work for someone, that in within the contract, brands will generally state that they will have use of the content afterwards, which I'm completely okay with because, you know, if I've been paid to go in somewhere and to shoot some content if they want to use that afterwards you know that's part of the deal that's part of the package that we've agreed to so you know if I go I mean there's actually sometimes where I've gone in purposely only to create content so without any features actually on my own page for example I will go in and just create content that I will just hand over to the brand so, I mean, that's, I mean, as more of a content creator side, um, aside from just being like an influencer, um, that's something that works quite well is actually to just create content for them to use in a certain style that Instagram tends to like. So when you're looking at sort of the niche businesses that you have um, and the niche content that's going out, how can you best identify the right influencer to work with you? So I think that really comes down to knowing who your customer is. So the brand needs to know exactly who they want to target and then look at what influencer is reaching that target audience. For example, Fitwaffle Kitchen is a great example because if you want to sell a whisk or a baking product, for example, we have hundreds of thousands of people on there that are interested in baking. And hopefully they trust me enough that if I turn around and say, I use this whisk, it's great, that they are more likely to buy it because it's coming from a person that already uses it, that they follow, that they trust enough to make the recipes from, that you know they are likely to then purchase off the back of that. Or same you know, with Fitwaffle, if... I'm recommending a restaurant, then hopefully my audience trusts me enough that they will then go to that restaurant based off my recommendation. Because I really like, I was obsessed for a while with the knives that you were using. Yes, a lot of people are. <laughs> and, and, they love the blue one. <laughs> are they are they metal or are they? You know, I, I'm pretty sure they were from like Costco or something. Yeah. They yeah, just... they are metal. They're great. <laughs> we they came in like a pack of five or six, and we've got like a red one, a blue one, a green one. <laughs> yeah, well, they look sort of like tie dye or something. And again, yeah, yeah, but... they've almost got um, yeah, the kind of tie dye. And um, I, it's funny actually because I bought some spoons that were metallic and in like really nice colours, purely just for videos because people always comment on, oh, where'd you get that spoon from? It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, I think that's something quite interesting for people to think about from a brand marketing perspective. It's not just the food. Oh, definitely not, no. And, what you, and, you know, if you can get something quite unique, mm. uh, you know, quite sexy or whatever, I mean, if you're thinking about doing it for, I don't know, a sushi company or, or you know, if you can then collaborate with a sushi knife company that then can actually maybe help fund some of the videos. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A really good, a really good way to go. Yeah. And then when you're picking up business and when you're picking up new clients, you know, how do the collaborations come about? And, you know, what sort of things are they asking of you? I mean, are people really prescriptive? Are they given open briefs? You know, what's happening there? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a bit of a mixture of both, in all honesty. I would say generally, if a brand comes to me, it's through email, um, which personally I prefer. 
um, because you can get a lot more in an email than you can in just like an Instagram message. And generally brands will come with an idea and basically say, am I interested? To which I will reply, obviously, yes or no. And then after that, that's when they will send over like a full brief. Yeah. So the brief will include what deliverables they're looking for, um, what it is that they want to advertise, um, you know, whether it's just a post, two post stories, um, and then obviously what the compensation like for me would be. Um, some people say this is our budget and others will say, you know, what would you charge for this? Yeah. Um, I have to admit, I prefer a more open brief where I can like I, I guess just have a lot of creative input into it because I've had it before where people have said like we want a burger picture and it's like well I know that you've probably looked at my page and you've seen that I do some a lot of burger pictures and a lot of them do perform well but if uh, that's not gonna fit that well within the page or within like what they're trying to promote then it'll be better for me to go back and say well why don't we do a video you know, or why don't we do a carousel fo um, post and showcase like a selection of the food you've got or putting something together? Because in my head, I know that that will perform better than just a single burger picture. And what can people expect in terms of return from a post? You know, and also, do you put some ad spend behind it as well? Or is it just organic? You know, how does that all work? Um, so generally, when I post to the Fit Waffle page, everything is completely organic. Mm. So I might get like reposts from other pages, which is a nice way to reach an audience outside my current audience. Because um, I mean, I don't know if you've seen it, but I see it daily that I've created a piece of content, put it on my page, and then 10 other pages have shared that piece of content, um, which is great, obviously, if there's some credit there. <laughs> So, um, but in regards to like ad spend, I don't put any ad spend actually on Fitwaffle. If the brand wanted to use the content that I created for them and put ad spend on it themselves, I'm more than happy for them to do that. But it's just not something that I generally do on Fitwaffle. Sorry for the brief interruption. I'm Alex and I'm the founder and CEO of Engage Interactive. And we're sponsors of this fantastic supersonic podcast which I hope you're enjoying, by the way. If you're wondering who Engage are, then let me quickly clear that up for you. We're the results-driven digital agency for ambitious companies. And our unique blend of creative, technical, and performance marketing, coupled with an obsession for delivering quality, is repeatedly proven to increase sales and market share. We simply like to call this attention to digital. So if you're in a bit of a rut with your digital, looking for ways to drive performance from low-risk, innovative solutions to challenges facing your business, then just head over to engageinteractive.co.uk to read about how we've helped numerous global and challenger brands from Whitbread and Jet2 to Bills and Yorkshire Tea all succeed online. That's engageinteractive.co.uk. And now back to the podcast. And then what sort of KPIs and you know measurements are companies looking for? Are they saying, I want sales out of this? Are they saying, I want engagement out of this? Are they... To what level are they asking, you know, the sort of measurement side of things? 
Um, so generally, when I've posted for a brand, the only thing they ask for afterwards is the reach, impressions, the and then just the total engagement. So how many likes and comments, etc. it got. If it's a story, they'll like to know how many swipe up links or, you know, so if I put a swipe up link in, how many clicks it's got or how many profile visits they've got. So, you know, if I've put, um, if I put their tagged name in it, it will show how many clicks that they've got through that. So, for example, um, I did one for Harrods that was completely unpaid. (laughs) I went in and I took a video of their magic snow and it was just like a three part video. And for somehow, for some reason, it went completely viral over the stories. And the Harrods label got over 12,000 clicks. Wow. And And that, I mean, that was of snow. Like, is. It's not food based or anything. That was just literally this like magic snow. But yeah, I mean, it was, it was really interesting to see actually how many people clicked that tab. Yeah, just because. Well, I guess you've got an eye for it in the sense that you'll know if it catches your attention and you want to snap it, then chances are other people will want to see it too. Yeah, it, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, I mean, if I, yeah, if I thought it was interesting, and I guess when you're creating content, you've still got an eye for how to film things yeah so you know it's uh, when i'm filming some like a food being put together it's the same way as you'd film snow being made (laughs) in my hand and then seeing the final product and you know people like to feel like they're there so you know me with just a phone in my hand sort of showing this snow um this snow being made i guess was uh, interesting (laughs) and then what about the perfect brief for you and the perfect company to work with you know what would that look like you know if if everyone watching today could write you a perfect brief what would you like to receive i mean generally it would be great to obviously receive all the information and what the brand is trying to get out of it so once i know what the brand wants from it then I in my head can try and work out what the perfect piece of content would be for that brand because sometimes a post on my feed isn't always the best thing. It might be that a video on TikTok is the best or Fitwaffle might not be the best page, Fitwaffle Kitchen might be or actually you might be better off having more stories and one post or you might be better off having five posts or like spread over a month or do you know what I mean like it's it's not always so set in stone as we want a post on your page yeah because I think that depending on what the brand is there's a chance of it coming over as fake or forced which is exactly what you don't want So, I mean, for me, if a company was to come to me and say, we want to do a long term relationship with you, for me, that's the most beneficial for me. And I'm willing to give more and more of myself and my content to the brand because I know that we've got a lasting relationship rather than just like a one off post. And that's going to be the end of it. I think from what we're seeing, you know, the the brands that have ambassadors, if you like, Mm -hmm. And continuously seems to pay off far better. Oh, I completely agree. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it, you know, to hook you in for 12 months. Oh, no, that's it. Yeah. (laughs) It does does seem to be working a a lot better. And then what do you expect? I mean, there's been a lot of moaning, I suppose, during COVID Mm -hmm. with influencers and inverted commas. 
yeah. We obviously, you know, asking for free stuff. <laughs> free stuff. So, I mean, what do you expect then, and what should people expect to give, um, you know, influencers to to help them with their marketing in terms of gifts or freebies or payment or you know what is it you're looking for? I mean, I think that. When I was first doing it and when it was a hobby, I was more than happy to just go to places to eat for free and to be gifted items. And because it wasn't necessarily a full-time business, then it was just a bit of fun. But now that it is my full-time job and, you know, I've built a following of over a million people now across platforms, that just going somewhere to get a free piece of food that you know, was probably going to be cold by the time that I've created my content from it. Isn't that appealing anymore? So ideally, you know, if they are asking for something specific, whether that is a post or a series of stories or anything like that, then I do want to know whether the brand, you know, has some sort of spend to put behind it. Because I mean, if it if it is, it's like, okay, well, you're giving me something and I'm giving you something in return. Because I think that, Yes, however however lovely it is to receive a gift, it is still a gift. It's it's not a business exchange as such. Yeah, yeah. I I think you're right. I think you'll you'll want to it is like if you're doing some maybe pro bono work or you're doing someone mm-hmm. a favor versus, you know, actually getting paid for it, you you tend to give more, I suppose. Definitely, yeah, definitely. I just think it helps to build a relationship as well because no one wants to feel that they're ever sort of hard done by. And whenever now that we, and this this is only since that it has become a full-time business, I've had to really consider, you know, what gifts I take on and and what I don't, because if it doesn't fit within Fitwaffle and the brand, I don't want to accept it just on the basis that I don't want to feel like I have to post it if it doesn't, fit within me if it doesn't sit properly or if I don't necessarily align with the brand as much as I want to Um, whereas when it comes to like an advertisement and there's a payment there you know you can really dig deep to see like how you can make it work like if you know if if they really want to work with you and even then I've turned down stuff that I don't think fits yeah that makes total sense and one of the things I was wondering about was sort of aftercare and reporting and things like that so once you've done you know and and completed a campaign what does the aftercare or what does the report look like or you know what do you give people after it so generally whenever I've worked with brands big or small they just ask for the statistics of the post and it's generally within about a week after because I tend to find anyway that the post will continue for about a week after anyway like continuing to gain comments and likes etc especially if it's a really good one some of them lasted for weeks (laughs) so um generally they'll just ask for all the statistics from that post because unfortunately you can't really get much more from it that's the only real statistic that you've got if I've got a really positive comment or that someone has specifically been say to the restaurant 
based on my recommendation, I might say screenshot that and I can also send it over to the brand. Um, swipe up links, like sometimes you're given a code or something um, and that's generally tracked on their side. So, um, you know, whether there's a code, they can generally see like how many times that code has been used or stories. Again, I, I can just screenshot the statistics and just send them over in an email. Um, and that's generally all that brands ask for. I've never been really asked for any full report or any anything else. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess you can't get much else from Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, you know, do, do people talk to you about how you link up the social activity and the sales as well Do they in all honesty no oh, that's i mean i i don't remember any time that a brand has fed back to me after i've given them my statistics yeah so there's that's basically where it stops. You know, we we do the exchange and then I give over my statistics. They say thank you and <laughs> that's it. Such <laughs> a shame because it would be like we we get it some things from the agency side as well. And you do that campaign or you do the creative work or you do the strategy, but you never really find out how it's going a year no. after. Or you know, it'd be quite nice. You know, yeah, to, I mean, to, the only way I know is when they come back and they say, hey, we want to work with you again. <laughs> so I take it we've done an all right job. <laughs> From Supersonic Inc., this is the Mark McSee Supersonic Marketing Podcast. The Mark McSee Supersonic Food Marketing Podcast is also brought to you by BDO, the trusted accountancy and advisory firm. As the finance experts in hospitality, BDO have the experience and the insight to provide solid foundations for your business's future growth. BDO really are the go-to team to help your hospitality business succeed. If you're in need of a dedicated transactional team bolstered with corporate finance, audit and tax services, talk to BDO, who've got the right expertise, knowledge and experience to drive your restaurant or bar's business throughout their full life cycle. As thought leaders across the sector, BDO offers commercial and technical updates specifically tailored to restaurants and bars, including their annual hospitality reports. BDO also have a well-established network in the industry that spans across finance directors, suppliers and advisors, and they are always willing to use this to their clients and their contacts' advantage. Get in touch today at bdo.co.uk to chat about how they can help take your hospitality business to the top. And please say that I sent you. You know, thinking about some tactics, what's your view on competitions and tagging and prizes? And do those work or not so much? Um, they definitely work because I've seen many situations where they have worked. But I've also seen a lot of situations where after the competition has happened, you tend to get this negative drawback from it. Yeah. You know, where you might have gained a lot of followers, but then they unfollow you again after the competition is over. Yeah. So, I mean, I have to admit personally on Fit Waffle, we haven't done a lot of competitions in a while. Some people have asked, but again, it, it has to be almost perfect fitting with Fit Waffle and with like my brand. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it does work. But I would just be aware that it's not maybe the perfect solution. Yeah. 
And are there any other ways that people can work with influencers apart from just, you know, sort of doing the, you know, the photos and the videos on 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 the social media channels? Are there some other ways that people could work with you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I would say that, like, specifically, one thing that I do quite a lot is actually providing content specifically for the brand. So whereas I might go into a restaurant and do a full photo shoot for someone, and then I might post, say, one of those pictures to my page, um, or even just onto the stories to recommend or, you know, get, get the word out there that they're doing an offer or something. But then the actual bulk of pictures where that might be 30 odd pictures of pretty much their entire menu goes straight to them. So they can then use them to advertise with, to post to their page and actually get like their own engagement from it or just to create like a really good looking page. Because I think sometimes that I've been on brand Instagram pages and I've actually been put off because they're so bad. (laughs) That's that's a great point. And I think, not enough people flush through their Instagram often enough, you mm-hmm. know, where, you know, they actually put, as you're saying, you know, maybe like a, a divider with some kind of brand message and then lots of new shots just to sort of, you know, because people only scroll so far and it's quite, a, you know, I've seen a lot of great things coming from a brand new look, a brand new way and just flushing through your Instagram. Yeah, yeah. definitely really helps and also maybe doing some tidying up now and again as well you know i, I saw an app for twitter i think and it deletes your twitter messages uh i think a month at a time or not your messages your posts and that, right. there's something to be said for that as well because yeah time moves on things move on and yeah definitely you know, i mean I've seen, you know, stuff on Instagram pages where it's an advert and because the brand isn't posting enough, the adverts only maybe like 12 lines down their page, which is obviously still really visible. And it says 20% off, but it was three months ago and the offer's not no longer running. Get rid of it. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's a good thing to look at. So there's a couple of minutes left. So I was wanting to try and squeeze in a couple more questions. Yeah. Um, so I was just thinking about in terms of what success looks like for an influencer campaign, what would you say in terms of, you know, brand managers and market managers feeling happy with the outcome? What what does success look like? I mean, I would generally say that if it performs well on the influencers page, if a lot of people are engaging with it and you get quite a lot of feedback from it, then I would generally class that as a success. I mean, especially if people are messaging you afterwards and they're saying that they've been here or, you know, they've used your code or something like that and they are interacting with you based on your post, then I would definitely say that that would be a success. I mean, I've had um, successful campaigns where you know, it's been one of the highest engaged posts on my page in a long time. And for an advert, that says quite a lot, because that means that that was a real perfect fit with your page and with your audience, like you really hit the nail on the head. Um, And then obviously, the brand can come back to you and you can work with that brand again, and create like a a good, a good relationship and a good partnership from it. So I, I mean, I would say that probably defines success when it comes to looking at it from my angle. Great. 
And then the very last question was, a lot of people do influencer events. So if a new menu's coming out or it's a new site or a new pub or you know whatever it is, mm-hmm. and they invite 20 odd people to come along and be part of that influencer event. Mm-hmm. What do you think about those things? Do those work? Personally, I'm not a massive fan of that situation from my perspective I found whenever I've been to an influencer event they're generally held at like six or seven o'clock at night sometimes later when most of the time it's dark so for me I'm not going to get a great photo for my page anyway Um, a lot of the time you get carried away with talking to people that you know and the focus isn't necessarily on the brand and your experience there or the food it's a bit of a party and you know you eat some food and you might get an okay shot to post your story and that's it like if you're not then invited back to do some proper pictures to actually spend time you know in daylight taking some real good shots where the food is prepared nicely on a plate for you then I think it's very difficult to showcase that particular brand or restaurant in the best light um literally (laughs) great well listen I think times beat us was just going to ask what's the best way for people to get in touch with you to carry on the conversation yeah so i mean you can reach me via instagram i'm fitwaffle on instagram and i also have the fitwaffle kitchen page um email for any like brand collaborations or anything like that is wafflefit and it's very confusing <laughs> so wafflefit at gmail.com and um yeah that's a really good way to get in touch if you want to ask me any questions or anything like that great thanks so much for being on today and uh, sharing all your wisdom it's on the workshop today and yeah i look forward to catching up with you soon all right yeah thank you very much thanks so much for having me on bye thanks to eloise for being on today and i wish her and bernie all the best with fit waffle and fit waffle kitchen for the future thanks to you for listening and subscribing sharing rating and reviewing it really does mean a lot to us Thanks to Engage Interactive for being our headline sponsor. If you need anything digital whatsoever, do get in touch with Alex and the team at Engage Interactive and they will sort you out straight away. A huge thanks also to BDO for being our premium partner and continuing to support us. If you need anything financial, any financial advice at all, get in touch with Peter at BDO and he'll help you out too. Thanks to Gaz and Gabby for putting the podcast together as ever. This is me, Mark McSee, signing off. Bless you. Thanks for listening. And I hope that this episode gave you some real value to help your brand boom.